Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcasts from Wurundjeri land in the Kulin Nation. Stolen land. We pay our respects to elders past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today's show is a collage, if you will, of spoken word performances by local artists set to music also by some talented locals. Please check out our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word for details and links. In order of appearance, we'll be hearing from Claire Gaskin, Kim Jeffs, Blake, Eleanor Jackson, St. George, Tabani Schumer, Vicky Mealings, and Fleecy Malay, with music by Claire Cross, Juliet Vrakas, Rachel Deasy, and Monique DiMartina. Please enjoy. blue rushing through the pinpoint of an iris. Lemon trees alight with yellow yells. Butterflies land on my father's bare head. The forces of the ocean gentle its bay shores. Lemon trees alight with yellow yells. The breath gentles the body. The forces of the ocean, gentle its bay shores. Soldiers of sunset stand on the boulevard. The breath gentles the body. We are just clouds caught on fence posts. Soldiers of sunset stand on the boulevard while their motorbikes graze on the asphalt. We are just clouds caught on fence posts. Clapping hands, birds fly up to the shot of a gun while their motorbikes graze on the asphalt. The trenches in my dreams are full of father's blood. Clapping hands, birds fly up to the shot of a gun. Butterflies land on my father's bare head. The trenches in my dreams are full of father's blood. All the blue rushing through the pinpoint of an iris. Roast Family Soup This is a simple soup relying on quality ingredients. Ingredients 1. 
battery-farmed man. One caged woman, pregnant. One child, small. One home, mud brick. One summer, record-breaking. Method. Marinate the man in self-loathing, machismo, ill-thought plans and stories of bravery. Massage them deep into his psyche. Preheat day to 46 degrees. Add northerly gale. Place buckets and hoses around the house for comfort. Fill the bath. Pack the photos. Remove woman and child just before the southerly wind change. Roast home. Ensure the man is scorched. This releases the secret ingredient. Return the man to the woman and child. Sprinkle with ash. Marinate further, allowing rage to develop and the birth of the baby. Remove man. He is not required in the final dish. Blend soup. It is wholesome and mellow now that the alcohol has burned off. Serve with optimism. Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio. I know that love is not pebbles on the window at 2am or kissing in a rainstorm. More often than not, it's you sleeping while my blood runs and my arms are wrapped around my knocking knees. I wish that love was a barefoot slow dance to my favourite song, but I will settle for your hands holding my ribcage together so I won't shake apart. I feel trapped inside this damp cocoon of language, a soft-spoken man yearning for the day of a radiant war-winning fight within myself. I am you and you are me. We have been the child burying himself in the back garden, swimming in a chlorinated pool of my own skin, but soon we will be the poet who looks at the battle and says that I will be loud and brave forever. I remember the barbed wire in your eyes after I told you what I am and who I am. Your eyes stretched over to the plants, trying to penetrate your idea of disgust through my skin and in their roots killed them. I remember when the sun got hoisted and got your monumental ego jealous that you decided to make tiny comparisons to your massive voice and it killed it too. I remember you cramped my lungs into a speck after sucking the life and love out of a room and told me words that murdered my mind, eviscerated my tongue and imploded my soul, killed me. 
That was when I could no longer believe that there was any living in the living room. Love is many things, but it should never be a habit. Kisses are seeds that should only be planted in willing lips, in methodical rows down the slope of her neck, not smeared across a turn cheek in passing, mumbled through clenched teeth. Used to take the time to breathe in the scent of my romance, take the longer wait, hold my hand around the station, be 15 minutes late to work because the distance between us couldn't grow past the reach of your fingertips until the sun shined through my smile, until your eyes were full of the gravity of your many moons. How do I explain that there is no bravery in running from a house on fire, that this story begins with a body-born girl like an animal skinning itself in reverse and sewing itself up wrong, that dressing like this feels less like dressing up and more like dressing a wound. So wash my DNA from your hands and be rid of kissing my tainted, misgendered lips. Second guessing my sanity, you punched my already shortened breath out of my lungs with your bullet words. The serpents that slip out of your mouth when you get so mad. The volcanoes underneath your tongue cannot help themselves. Lava burning lips like bloodstains. After us, I think even Aphrodite has given up on love. Did you get my message? I've been leaving so many voicemails on your stomach and your heart is a brick wall and I'm forever running into it because I'm in love with the way my skull feels shattered against your chest. I think I have an addiction to the way toothpaste sits on the outside of your lip when you're done brushing. I don't know why I can't forget fragility even when it's this close. I spent months trying to find where you had your heart tucked away searched for warmth and only ever found ice on your tongue even in the summer moments that slicked my skin with sweat never caused by hours of kissing of love making bodies that rarely press against each other once you pack the feelings into suitcases ages before i folded my clothes next to them and set myself miles away from you in this book if there's anything i would have promised you it's this I would have loved you in quantities of breaths. How many notes your heart can sing while reading the sun's palm. I will love you as though the forest of yesterday is just tomorrow's bookmark. Kneeling in the moss of the lips we promised to untangle later. Like the only matter in the universe I could shadow in the wake of summer doesn't fold on top of my thoughts. I love you like we're now and now is all that has ever existed. Darling, I have seen eternity in your eyes and eternity will always be enough. I want to paint a picture on the back of your neck with my breath, create the words you love to watch fall from my loving lips, but without the sound of my voice you make me feel colours that assure me you'll never obscure our truth, use your tongue to map out the curves and hollows of my aching body, allow me to build a new empire using your legs around my hips, I would have never let you watch it burn down into ashes from me leaving. Thank you. 
We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. I, I love you know the chance to be able to sit down and you know through words have something really introspective and meditative and the rawness of words that finding the essence of it finding the story the longest distance in us is the curve of the s I think that the community of poets is one of the best communities out because we do support each other yeah. <laughs> So, so tragic, isn't it? This is Spoken Word on 3CR Community Radio. You're listening to Spoken Word on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. My name is Brendan Bonsack. We're playing a collection of performances from local poets and musicians today. We just heard from Blake, Kim Jeffs and Claire Gaskin. And next up is Eleanor Jackson. The first man I wanted to be had blue suede shoes and jailhouse blues. I was too young to know he probably stole them from black people, too besotted by backbeat and backcomb to care. Sun records spun like golden summers, sun-kissed shoulders, aloha Hawaii. Still playing with Barbie dolls, a five-story penthouse camper van, pink sports car and a ranch in New Mexico, and I still didn't want to be Barbara Millicent Roberts. But Elvis? Aaron Presley? He was by before I even knew the word. Pre-packaged, meat-market, make-it-up, manly. Boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy sings to girl, girl swoons. Boy sings to girl, then crowd, then girl. The trouble with girls is they will tickle you in your Acapulco and let you viva Las Vegas, but it's all easy come, easy go. No one is as clean-cut as the promo. Such a drag that Katie Lang beat me to it. Stewed in a volcano's belly, ignited by the moon's regret, birthed by an electrical storm, 
under Vesuvius voodoo and Venusian brightness, we two meet with searing skin, wood-fired bones, simmering sweat, detonating, vomiting, white-hot infatuation, heatwave-crazed brains and glowing ember hearts. When the ashes fall, when the night horizon is furrowed and tinged hyena red, we solidify. This is what it is to see a volcano take a siesta. What we have now is a mountain. Watch her now. Watch her roots as we tend to them with bare or blistered hands. We use the burnt horizon as a spirit level for a house we build out of mud and stone. Nobody said this would be easy, sculpting out of flame. We knew the price of using still-hot lava as mortar as we sculled one another with clumsy egos, fragile pass. We build, and build foundations of a house that reach far, far down, connecting to the mountain's roots that grow deep and true, stretching out into the hinterlands. But we are not static. We are fire. So, with bittersweet, clasped burning fingers, we pull away. Our paths diverge. We explore iridescent rivers and baritone plains. We burn our own beacons. But eventually, we come back to the mountain, to those roots we excavated deep in the Earth's core. And when we meet again, our meeting is a volcano. Vesuvius is active as though she never slept, and we are the fire-escaped mountain, both burning and grounded. We tend to one another's beacons with steady, loving, tender hands, until once more we part ways with umber kisses under the moon's wry grin. We two creatures tread parallel paths, wearing the mountain shadow as a heavy cloak that keeps our hearts warm when the night is cold and lonely. I once wished I was raised by wolves. Not to forsake my mother or father, but rather just to have an origin story that would warrant being a little wild. As a child I was a tad awkward. A gangly stalk that walked with two left feet, like an unsprung spring wound tense and taut too tight to trip but still falling. My balance offset by a constant sense of insecurity, a quintessential need to not be me. See, my father, he always taught me to be more sheep than wolf, although his method was more about appearing sheathed in wool, play the role, mask with the disguise, wear it to the point you cease to recognize whether this guy is the real you or the social role you adopted, I stopped it. To avoid the inevitable existential quandaries that for centuries have been the squandering of far greater philosophical minds than mine, for to deny my nature, 
would be to deny the very thing that makes me human, but remember this man-cub once wished he was raised by wolves. Because younger me was a loner, with a lingering longing to join a pack or pride or herd, be one of those vainglorious birds of a feather with the simple pleasure of flocking off together. The choice to weather every storm with each other, with sisters and brothers. My mother, her methodology was a macabre mix of the meticulous and ridiculous, distorted into myth by time, I, in the dual role of Romulus and Remus, seeking augury on beaten wings, murdering my shadow self and twin to learn that Rome wasn't built in a day, instead one day at a time. And a licking is only defeat when the wounds are left unattended, my parents were splendid. And despite them, or maybe to spite them, I grew up to be a lone wolf. A pack just wasn't conducive to redefining or defining my truth. I'm finding the hunt, though, is harder. Each meal a battle for just desserts where the proof is in the putting down of anything I'm attached to. I've had to see wild and tame live in the same symbiotic polarity as night and day. Too late to trade a soul for the safe illusion of being raised by wolves. Hi, this is Vicar Bull, and you're listening to 3CR 855 AM. In 2012, Lonesome George, the tortoise, died. The last of his kind and at least a hundred years old. He might have only been a tortoise, but still, someone's hope was lost on that day. At a certain age, history repeats, I still remember witnessing the fury of a World War I veteran, 92 years old and dying of pneumonia, raging and railing against the outbreak of the first Gulf War. At a certain age, Netflix binges are still a distant dream. Lazy Sundays, an obsolete ideal, nobody sees you. The expectations that you do all the work and make the least noise, not so obsolete. At a certain age, life gets faster, harder, better, because the losses sharpen the wonder, the joy and the madness. Life is to be savoured, devoured, relished, worshipped. There is beauty behind every broken gate and horror. Watching dandelion seeds take flight is like seeing God, if you look hard enough. At a certain age, everyone around you starts getting cancer. I saw you at the gig on Saturday, both our mothers pronounced terminal. We held each other with a new tenderness, then danced with the abandon of small children to the rambunctious song of a sassy jazz singer. At a certain age, 
everyone blames your hormones whenever you get upset. As though you're too irrelevant, too empty, too stupid, too out of touch to be pissed off by anything else. Yet our children's futures have no security. Those with brown skin are beaten and put into solitary confinement. Across the ocean, they shackled female prisoners during childbirth. The concept of a living wage is seen as radical and dangerous, and the ocean itself is dying. So what about kindness? A famous writer once remarked that we have lost it, but kindness is much harder to kill than an elderly tortoise. And the rumours of its death are greatly exaggerated. Every true prophet has said light will overcome darkness. The desire for change, strong, resourcefulness is the best of us. In 2012, Lonesome George the tortoise died. The last of his kind and at least a hundred years old. He might have only been a tortoise, but he sang the song of the canary and the sound was glorious. That was poet Vicky Mealings on today's Spoken Word Show. In that bracket, we also heard from Eleanor Jackson, St. George and Tabani Schumer. You can listen to this and many other podcasts of our shows at 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. And tune in every Thursday at 9am for grassroots poetry and performance. As always... Thank you very much for listening. And to take us out, here is Fleecy Malay with her piece called Poppy. She was 14. Born with dreams of stardom, she'd already mastered the art of slalom to dodge those bullets thrown by the harsh tongues of adolescence. Her spirit pearlescent. Her mind sharp with a curious heart, she was the perfect target for it. She danced, spent her days in trance with the flickering of unreachable stars. They called her Poppy, spent their days trying to cut her down. Eventually they didn't miss, they hit, she split down the centre, caught in the rift between reality and dreams. She fell and hit the ground. No longer she danced. Spent her days in trance with visions of soaring high and studying grass. She walked smoke-paved paths. They called her Poppy, so she'd fall on her ass. But her roots were deep, so she took to the street where her wit could save her from defeat. Her arms stretched, her thumb took chart the path. Her backpack carried heavy maps that carved their mark upon her heart. She touched the star. Fallen ones, just like her. Where needles and smoke rings became the cure. All stretched on cardboard beds, all lost and found in the heart and the head. All called Poppy, just like her. Each cut before their prime, symptoms of a society which just isn't quite right. I mean, when did it become such a crime to shine? Poppy stared into the eyes of fallen flowers, all doped up on reasons to escape and realise that her fate just wasn't headed this way. Her demise had not begun, her rise was on its way and she followed with her eyes as the sun continued every day. You see, Poppy was not her name. 
She was born a different seed. But Poppy she became when names get thrown by fear and greed. Yes, she was tall. Yes, she was bright. And others afraid tried to smother her light. But her heart was not blood red. It was golden like the sun. And she followed its movements from the moment it rose until it was done. She left the streets with a knowing that every fallen flower is a curse, that this world will become infertile if it keeps crushing all its girls. She let her back stand up straight, let her petals unfurl. She would claim back her own name and inspire all this world. You see, she is not a poppy. She never has been. She's a sunflower growing and she is full of ripening seeds. And the thing about a sunflower that's so special, you see, is it's impossible to pass one by without taking a moment to dream. If I had a garden, or when I get back home, maybe I'll plant sunflowers just so I can watch them grow. And so she lives like this, leaving in a path, a trail of scattered sunflower seeds and a field of blooming hearts, each rising with each other to see how bright they can become, each turning to each other, each made of earth and sun. And the truth of this story is that every single one of us sitting in our rooms, whether we're a poppy or a sunflower, we all deserve the right to bloom.